Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Hey guys, here we are, Living Box Free. Another day, Living Box Free. Pretty exciting. Always exciting. (laughs) Before we jump into our episode, Becky. Hi. I'm at, oh, let's start this again. I'm Ashleen Seitz. <laughs> and I'm Becky Ford. Hello, Becky. What's on the rise for you this week? This week, it feels so good. This weekend, I had some some free time, mm-hmm. and I'm officially on maternity leave. hey Which is, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what day of the week is it? And so I got a huge pile. Everything left during quarantine. We did one big Goodwill trip, but there's still a few things I wanted to get rid of. So... The final purge. That is what's on the rise for me this week. I did discover Goodwill does not take TVs. Oh, FYI, don't I drag did, your TV yep, there. Did not know that. I tried to get Ash to take mine, but apparently it wasn't flat enough. Or <laughs> well, the or way you Apple described it was enough. <laughs> it's flat-ish. It's flat-ish. That's how you described it to me. So. It's just a little bubble in the back. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> 2011 edition. <laughs> All right. What's on the rise for you? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a bummer here. Back pain. Back pain's mm. on the rise for me. I uh, ruptured a disc a year and a, oh, almost two years ago now. Yeah. Wow. And it has mostly healed and I've had months of living well and everything being fine. And then sometimes it just comes back. So last mm-hmm. week or so it's been, it's been back. My back pain has back been back. Pain is back. So taking Bummer. it easy. She's currently rest. standing. I am standing. Sitting is not good. Mm. So you're going to burn more calories. Exactly. That's yeah. the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> Look at the bright side of back pain. <laughs> We're going to burn more calories by standing. Uh, only you. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are so excited to have you join us. This is the conclusion of our Who Dat series. And our Who Dat series has been all about relationships. If you haven't listened to all of our episodes, here's the different relationships that we've talked about. So we had a couple episodes on coworkers or teams, teams that you work with. We had an episode on friendship. We had quite a few episodes, a couple on parenting. Three, in fact. Three. So it is obviously a big conversation. Yeah. If you couldn't fit it in one or two, we've got three. And then we've also had an episode on spouses and finally an episode on roommates. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about all these different types of relationships that we've had. We thought it, to put a bow on this series little cherry on top, we would end with what are some of those top asked questions that maybe we didn't answer on our podcast for each of these categories of relationships. Yes. So we've collected these questions two ways. One, from Instagram, we had a couple people respond with some questions, but two, we used the lovely search of Google, Mm -hmm. the top searched questions for these relationships. Google is my best friend. It's all of ours, right? Mm -hmm. You can become a genius in an instant at your fingertips. (laughs) Uh, We will also preface this with saying, we do not know the answer to all of these top Googled questions. I don't even know if I know the answer to any of them, (laughs) if I'm going to be honest. You know a few. You know a few. I promise. We'll see. Uh, So we're going to jump in and we'll go by category of relationship. And what's going to happen is the flow here, the goal is that it's rapid fire. So I'll, I'll state the question and either Ash or I We'll either say, we can't answer that for you, or one of us will take a stab at it. So that's, that's how it'll work. I'm on board. Here we go. Here we go. Shoot, shoot the first one out. Okay. Coworkers. That's our first category. The top asked question about coworkers is, what are good questions to ask my coworkers? Oh. 
Do you, I, I feel like I can take that one. I feel, I feel like confident. You can. you can do this. Okay. <laughs> you can ask them personal questions that don't feel too deep. So mm-hmm. basically, you know, what do you like to do with your, with your free time? Or uh, tell me about your family or tell me where you grew up. And you can ask, basically, you don't want to go too deep unless they invite you into that. Like if their answers are then, you know, kind of inviting you to ask further questions. But you can ask background questions. Everyone lo- likes talking about themselves. Yes, absolutely. I'd say. What there's, do, you, do you have there's, thoughts? <laughs> there's actually a visual that was is a picture back when I was doing FFA training for state officers. And this picture we had uh, FFAers draw, and it was to remind them all the questions you could ask a new person you're meeting. So there was like a mailbox. Where are you from? Uh, there was a garden in front of a house, and it was, what are your hobbies? So each of those images, I mean, FFA, good job. I remember this picture. Here go. <laughs> each of those images represented, well, there was an airplane in the sky. Uh, where do you, yeah, where okay. have you traveled? And so those are just like comfortable, personal questions to ask yeah. someone to get to know them. And we know in a work environment, it's really, it's good to be more than just about work. That's how you build trust. One of my questions I enjoy asking is, what do you like about such and such? So, hey, you live here in Indiana. What do you like about living here in Indiana? Or what do you like about your spouse? Or what do you like about your best friend or whatever? Yeah, I hear you do CrossFit. What do you like about CrossFit? Exactly. Oh, nothing. I hate it. (laughs) The suffering. No, we love it. I do love to suffer. Okay. (laughs) Okay, next question. What should you not tell your coworkers? You, you want to go? I feel like I'm a little bit stumped in terms of how to define it. I, I could come up yeah. with specific examples. I think there's definitely a fine line. There's that professional friendship. And I think things, the question is, what should you not tell your coworkers? I mean, you really have to have a deep relationship to open up the abyss of, you know, very serious issues or um, I'm even trying to think. If you, if you really have an issue or you're venting about someone, that's something else I think about is like not talking about your other teammates behind their back. Oh yeah. Negatively. Definitely. So things not to talk to your coworkers about. Once again, that goes to like, it's okay if you have issues with other team members, but go to them or your supervisor versus, uh, becoming known as the gossip queen. So that's one thing that comes to my mind. I watch the show or watched it's over the show, Madam Secretary, and this uh, woman has a baby and then comes back from maternity leave. And she she says to the secretary of state, like, I don't I don't know what's appropriate for me to share. Like, I don't know. I don't want to overshare. I don't want to be one of those moms. And the secretary of state, who's a mom, says, uh, just if you find yourself wanting to describe the color or consistency of anything, anything. You should pull back. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that makes me think I, I have a coworker and it was very uncomfortable and he's amazing. He's yeah. a veterinarian, but he, some, some reason started talking to me about his daughter's first period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that kind of goes into what you just yep. described. I, and I was like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. Yeah. I was on, <laughs> I don't a, need to know this. on a virtual baby shower last weekend <laughs> and they were talking about, yeah, like changing diapers and the consistency of, yeah. And yes. it was like, yeah, do we really, I just don't know that this is like. I don't really mind talking about it, but do we have to? I would, you know, just, I'll have the doctor tell me. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. The last question here, top search question about coworkers. How do I build better work relationships? I, the times that I've been able to volunteer with my coworkers, 
whether that is, I remember when we worked at Starbucks, we had volunteer days where we could go. I, we went and planted trees around Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And the, the people that I did that with, I built much better relationships with than just working alongside someone for months, even though it was a few hours for one day. So I think if you're able to do something like that, that goes a long ways. I love that answer. We do a day of service at Alenco, and you're right. It's you're in jeans, you're in a t-shirt, you're working. There's something about hard work together. Mm-hmm. Suffering. Yeah, suffering. Working out, yes. actually. Yeah, that's true. Uh, too. For for our company, we do these annual sales meetings where everyone gets together. And I can't remember, it was probably 2014. I was the nerd that was like, we should do workout groups before we start at 8 a.m. <laughs> and so we did. And we had a person who was in charge. There's a basketball goal because we went to like a nice hotel. Yeah. And so there was like a basketball crew. I was the CrossFit crew, Excellent. which I mean, we had no equipment. Right. It was air squats and push-ups. push-ups. <laughs> but sweating, yeah. like seeing each other. And I was like, I'm not wearing makeup. It and we're sweating together. It does. Changes your relationship. And you have fun stories to talk about. Yes. So I think those are great suggestions. Volunteering, working out, getting outside of the work space really. And I don't know that, I mean, sometimes building relationships, like going to a bar afterwards and having a drink that can help, but often it doesn't, it doesn't tend to get very deep. Yes. Whereas for some reason going and doing other things together does. I I don't know the science behind that, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Those are our top questions around coworkers that were asked. Check. Moving on. So this one's so fun. (laughs) This is the spouse category, but it also includes just kind of dating in oh, general. Yeah. I told Ash I went down. I was the nerd that went down the research hole here. Excellent. <laughs> so we'll share some nuggets with you on this one. But the number one search question uh, around relationships, uh, spouse or dating, was how do I break up with someone? And I would love to hear what Ash has to say on this. My, <laughs> I didn't know what ghosting was yeah. back in the day, but mm-hmm. I think I did that a lot. Yeah. And it's not the most mature thing, but I know in college... I was just kind of like, who dat? Who who dis? I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> new phone. Oh, new phone. Yeah, new phone. But no, okay. So how do you break up with someone? The number one asked question. Oh man. I mean, I think it comes down to what we talk I about love, all the time. What? I love watching Ash wiggle during this question. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Okay, it feels uncomfortable to be to me because I feel like people are so bad at it. They are, which is why they probably Google it. When in reality, you just <laughs> need to communicate. Like, don't over communicate. Just communicate your reasoning, your thinking, how how like one or two points about how you feel, and then talk about expectations. Are we never talking again? Are we going to hang out? Do I need a week or two, and then we can decide if we're going to hang out again? Like, talk. End it with what do you what do we need expectation wise for the future. I think feel like that's where we get a little bit lost. Well, if we even do the communication part in the first place, but yes. Okay. I, I love the fact, I mean, you just have to have courage. Yeah. And I love the fact that you say, choose one or two points. Cause what I've observed too is people ramble and they kind of dig a bigger hole or they <laughs> ramble and then they, they get you confused and you think, well, is there a chance? Right. Like they say they really like me. Yeah. So keeping it short, like you mentioned, one or two points. I love the boundaries or expectations. That's important. But then sticking to them. Yeah. I remember I broke up with a guy a while ago uh, and uh, like years ago. And he said, I asked, you know, do you want to stay friends? Do you not? Because I kind of was okay. And he was like, I need just 
give me two weeks of not talking at all. And then we can like, if we see each other casually or whatever, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. And then three days later, he starts texting me like nothing happened. And I was like, what's going on? I'm so confused. <sighs> so then do you call so him out? I did. I was yeah. like, what's happening? What's going on? And he was like, well, I think I'm fine. I'm like, are you? That doesn't. Anyway, it got weird. He missed you. Sure. <laughs> I haven't had to break up with someone in a long time, so I I just ghosted before it was a thing. Perfect. <laughs> okay, next next top search question: How to know if you are in love? Side nugget here of facts: This is mostly searched by people in the states of Nevada and Oklahoma. Okay, which are also the top two states with the highest divorce rate. What? Yes. So these people. They're not finding the answer that they want, (laughs) (laughs) obviously, because they are getting divorced. Oh, my gosh. Um, So how to know if you are in love? Uh Do you have have an answer for Uh, this one, Ash? Okay, I guess my thought is it depends on why you're asking. Yeah. Like, are you asking because you want to marry the person you're in love with? Are you asking because you're like, I don't think I'm in love with this person anymore and I want to break up with them? Like, it just depends. Yes. Because being in love is technically like a a chemical state. And we talked about this in the five love languages one. It's not permanent. It's not. Like, scientifically, if that's what you're looking for in a a long-term relationship, it's not possible. You have to break up at every 18, what it was at 18 to 18 months to... I can't remember. Three years or something. I know know Scott talked about it. Mm -hmm. uh, And... Because we, we asked about the honeymoon phase oh, yeah. in that spouse episode. So I would suggest go back and listen to what Scott said. Yeah. Because it goes right back to what Ash is speaking to, that it's a hormonal state, at least yep. this infatuation honeymoon. And I think it's realizing to me, how do you know if you're in love? It's It goes beyond the hormonal attraction, right? And it's who is this person, their character for me? Do they make me a better person? This is silly, but when I dated people, I always thought, could this be my best friend? And do I want to kiss their face? Because there's a lot of guys. Got to be both. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't want to kiss your face, then you're just a friend. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I like. I mean, I like having friends who no, are yeah. both genders, yes. obviously. So, so I mean, this is not the uh, perfect answer, I'm sure. And I think it probably depends on every relationship and why are you asking? Yeah. Like what Ash said. And I, I would encourage you go back listen to the spouse episode because we do talk about that infatuation and. Uh, honeymoon phase, which once again, that tingling sensation, the, the fairy tale, that stuff, it does not last forever. Nope. Next question. When to text back. Okay. You should go first. Cause I'm not sure I understand the question. <laughs> I believe, and this is actually most, the, it was most often searched from people in California and Florida. So it's about relationships. When to text back. I think this is probably more around the dating. Like, do I wait the two days right. or do if I text back right away, is it too desperate? And I, I will actually, my older sister Michelle, I hope you don't mind. I'll use her as an example. She she's been dating for a few years. And when she tells me stories about guys who, you know, will wait days to respond to her, I'm like, eh, that's stupid. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you both like each other, we're old enough at this point, doesn't mean you have to be on call. Right. Like if they're working, that's understandable, right? But if they wait two or three days to respond to your question, do you want to get dinner tonight? And they're like, oh, sorry. I'm like, okay, no, right? Like they're not into it. Um, and so for me, I think 
it goes back to boundaries, expectations. Hey, when I'm at work, I'm not on my phone. Yeah. So if you text me and I don't text you back, it's not because I'm ignoring you. Yeah. It's because I'm busy. And it's, it's having those conversations and understanding that and trying not to be insecure because not everyone's on their phone all the time. Some people are. But I guess my general rule, I haven't dated in a while, but it's I'll text you back when I look at it and I have a response, which could be right away or it could be in a few hours. Boundaries are good. Mind games are not. Yes. So boundaries, not, yeah, having that time that you're not looking at your phone or understanding that I'm with other people. I'm not going to take the time right now. I'm not going to make you a priority since I just met you over everyone else in my life. Yes. But trying to play that mind game of what will they think? That's not, that's not healthy. Yes. Don't think about mind game. Just act naturally. Last question. How do I save my relationship? Oh, good gracious. (laughs) This isn't a big one at all. I, I, and I'll, I'll throw a couple things out there. And these were things also from our, um, gosh, one of our episodes, we talked about therapy and counseling Mm -hmm. and it might've been one of the parenting ones, but I, I would, I would say definitely do not be ashamed or think that you're a failure. If you seek outside counsel, absolutely. That, that is, that is good practice and good relationship hygiene is to, when you have disagreements or you're seeing things from different perspectives, sometimes you need another objective person to help you view and understand where you both are coming from. So I'd say that's, that's one. I also love when we talked about in our relationship spouse episode, we talked about kind of a survey and evaluating, you know, how, how well are we doing in these different areas, intimacy, uh, quality time. What, and I can't remember all the, the areas in that questionnaire, but having, having that time to reflect, making time for that. And both people have to want to grow and improve. If someone's passive and they're just doing it because their spouse is concerned or has an issue, then are they really going to fix a relationship if they aren't really into it? Probably not. But there are ways not to manipulate someone into caring, but like if you invest and invest and invest, typically the other person will figure out like will come around. Yeah. I, that's based you on just the books. Up. I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't validate that from experience, but based on books, five yes. love languages, other books like that, that's what I've learned. I do think that's an important point to call out is if you do not feel like everything is good, you feel like you've got issues. I mean, it's, it's not rare for the other person to be oblivious to that. And so making sure to speak up. Okay. Let's jump into parenting questions. Yay. This is, I told Ash before this, I was like, there's some questions we can't answer. (laughs) We're going to jump into those right now, but they're entertaining. Yep. So the top search question around parenting is how, wait a sec. Yeah. How do I potty train? And, and I will say most of these top search questions around parenting were very practical. Mm-hmm. So how do I potty train is the top one. Here's what I know. There are usually M&Ms involved. Oh, that's all I got Incentive. for you. That's literally all I've Incentive. got. Incentive. <laughs> I like it. Uh, the next one, I love this question. Why does my child keep getting lice? <laughs> I'm like, well, there's actually one of them in the top was also, why does my child keep getting ringworm? Oh, and I yeah. was like, well, my sister got ringworm from dairy cows, but I highly doubt most parents have dairy cows at yeah, home. Yeah, I think I've children. only gotten ringworm from animals. Yeah. Yeah, from animals. Yeah. So maybe that's it. I don't Which know. I don't even know if I've, I mean, the last time I had ringworm, I was a child. 
Yeah. Is that only a child thing? My sister got it in college. Okay, so she so was it's a not, young adult. It's just more likely maybe because kids don't aren't as clean. Maybe. Kids are dirty. They're really yeah. gross. Yeah. Thanks. Children thanks for reminding are disgusting. Me. <laughs> you should just keep that in mind. Yes. Lord willing, and the creek I'm don't wear rise, my face you will be a parent by this time. <laughs> the time this comes out and your True. child will be gross. True. I'm going to wear face masks probably to change diapers. Yeah. They'll be like, Becky, you're in your own home. I know. <laughs> I am aware. I can smell this. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get into that consistency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So those are a couple of the top questions. Pretty funny. But here's one we got from social media that we're going to jump into. It's a little bit more around that adult side of parenting. We got a question that was, how do I build a relationship with my stepchild who is about to turn 18? So about to be an adult. Yeah. I, I've got a couple thoughts here. I'd love to hear what, what your thoughts are on that, Ash. First of all, this is a tough question. Let's just address that. Yes. But go ahead. I, 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 without a doubt, it's it's a challenge. When I, I, when I was thinking about this question, this child has so many memories with parents and I don't know how long it's been your, he's been your stepchild. Um, but the first thing that comes to my mind is, okay, finding common interest and how do we make new fun memories together? Mm, yeah. And I think having those experiences and yes, I'm, I lean towards quality time, but how do we create new memories together that helps form our family unit? And it's not all about the, the family unit you knew from the past. And, and I think the first step is, yeah, finding what are they interested in? How do they like to spend their time genuinely asking to get to know them? And it's so important. I feel like it, most people, especially I would say kids who are trying to build a relationship with someone who's not their biological parent, they can see through, excuse me for the lack of words, they can see through crap pretty easily. Yeah. So making sure you're authentic yeah. and it's not, I want to be your, I want to build a relationship with you because I love your father, but it's, I want to build a relationship with you because I want to love you as a part of my family unit and I want to get to know you. So those, those were a couple of my thoughts. The, I don't have any experience with step parents, but my, all of my friends and I nannied for, um, uh, three kids for a while that had, they lived with their dad and their stepmom, and the, the, they had been married pretty recently, so I don't think she'd been their stepmom very long. So my experience with them and then my friends that have stepparents is basically acknowledge your role for the most part, unless, um, you know, the kids are really young and they're living with you permanently. Your role is not to become the mom or to become mm-hmm. the dad. Like acknowledge that it, it is a different role and you understand that and you're, you're just trying to build on that role and not to replace someone Obviously, there are situations where that's not true. You are becoming the mom or becoming the dad. But for the most part, if the kids are older, I would say just, you know, don't have uh, insecurity about, you know, like, oh, they're, they're never going to treat me like their mom or, you know, whatever, because no, they're not. That's not your role. It's different. And it's to get to know them for who they are and play whatever role you can in their life. So I think your answers were great. Power, powerful point, especially for those older kids. Yeah. I'm not trying to replace your mom or be your mom. It's a different, it's a different role. It could be more fun. It could involve M&Ms. Yes. You never know. And then you're potty trained like that. Oh my. <laughs> I know how to potty train oh, our future son I, I now. I really hope you have a rebellious child. Ah, it's going to be say that. so fun don't to say that. watch. I hope he's, I hope he takes after me and is, Tristan and I were talking about this the other day. I am my strength finders positivity is always in my top yep. five. And so it's easy for me to be oblivious to some, some bad <laughs> things in the world, some struggles. It's a nice way to live life. 
<laughs> I'm like, I hope, I hope he gets that positivity. And it, I mean, but when you do stress about stuff, it's yeah. not fun. All right. Okay. We got two more categories and Great. just a couple questions. Cool. Friendship questions. The top searched question about friendship is how do I date my best friend? Oh, like how do I find someone to date who can be my best friend or I have a best friend and I want to date them? I believe it's the second. That's oh. the context I took it in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that seems ideal to me. Like that would be my ideal situation because then you know that you like this person already. And yeah, when the that in love phase, those hormones or whatever the burn off, then you still like this person. That seems ideal. Mm-hmm. So I guess I would say carefully. Like set your expectations, communicate very, very thoroughly and say, you know, this is the situation. This is what I want to try this. I want to go in this direction. Here are my expectations, but I value you as a friend. And so I don't want to lose that. So I think, again, communication and expectations. Use caution. Yes. I, I can think of two examples, one that did not work out and one that did. And I won't say names. I guess I could say the one that did. So Sydney, if you're out there, Sydney, oh, yeah. he uh, started, I believe that his wife was the one who first said, have you ever thought about kissing me? Okay. And, and it grew and blossomed from there. Yeah. They're now married. Yeah. I can think of another situation where they, there was a couple people and one of them was interested uh-huh. and vocalized that. And the other okay. one was not. And there was a couple of weeks that were very awkward and now they're fine. And so I think it, it's just, it's recognizing, okay, I want this person in my life. And so it might be a little awkward at first, but you can maintain friends. Yeah, you friendship. can. And yeah. I think that there, are, I know people that have dated and then broken up and been like, well, that didn't work, mm-hmm. but we can still be friends. And I think if you do communicate and you find ways to, that's not always the case, but for the most part, mm-hmm. you can figure out how to make it work. Yep. Good. Next question. What does a good friendship look like? Go listen to our friendship episode. Yes, please. <laughs> or read my blog posts. Yes. Oh, yes. Go so back. Yeah. For me, we can put your friendship. Blog, blog post link oh, in we here. Could. Yeah. We should do that. Uh, for me, good friendship is someone who listens well, someone who is willing, doesn't always, like, this is, there are caveats to this, but someone who's willing to drop everything if I need them to and, like, come and rescue me or do whatever. For instance, I was trapped on a balcony the other night. It's a long story that I won't tell in detail right now, but I texted two people and both of them were like, what do you need? That's awesome. Yeah. So, and then what's the third one? Oh my gosh. Now I can't even remember. I call you out on your, Oh yes. yes. Call mm-hmm. me on my stuff. Yep. <laughs> oh, my stuff. Mm-hmm. Call me out. Yeah. I, I'm serious. We're going to put a link to her blog post in here. Okay. It, I really like it. And, and it's simple. Three, three key things. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to our last two questions here around roommates. The first one is, how do you interview a roommate? Top search question. I've done this a few times. Uh, well, I guess the interview is different. Like I've always known maybe people. Potential roommate? Yeah. Maybe potential roommate? I, I guess I've usually taken the time to sit down ahead of time and say, what are the priorities to me? Like, what are the things that are deal breakers? So I think you need to know those going into it if you can. Obviously, you know, if you're 18, you've never lived with someone other than your parents or whatever, then it's harder. Chain but smoker. just, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You might not mm. mind. Yeah. So <laughs> COVID, I'm trying to keep my lungs good. <laughs> I, I think I would just pick your top three. Like, these are the things I need to, I need to talk about and we need to be on the same page on. And then the other things you just need to know, even if you're not like, they're not deal breakers. Yeah. It's been a long time. I've actually never 
once, no, once I interviewed a roommate. Uh, her name's Amy, and then she was actually one of my bridesmaids. So that tells you how well it worked out. Uh, evidently, it went well. It went well. A good interview. Very, very good interview. <laughs> but other than that, I, I did potluck roommates when I was in the dorms, and then it was like potluck friends. Roommates. What's that mean? So potluck, at least in Kansas, uh-huh. is when you just randomly get assigned a roommate. What do you guys call it? Randomly getting assigned a roommate. Really? Yeah. Oh. I've never heard it called that before. Oh, really? Yeah. No. So we, yeah, you're just like, I'll go potluck. What? And and they assign you a roommate that you you don't know. And my that first is, roommate was Krista. Krista okay. was cool. I learned a lot. She's from Kansas City, and I was more the farm kid. And, but then after that, all my roommates were friends, like people okay. I knew, except for Amy, who I, I interviewed. Was, I was became a friend. Potlucked. That doesn't potlucked. sound good. That should not be a verb. You just got to say it fast. <laughs> I was potlucked my freshman year. Oh, that was so natural. <laughs> <laughs> With my friend. She became my friend, Sarah. We mm-hmm. lived together two years, and then I chose my roommate my third year of college. Okay. Add that to our Kansas terms. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, last question around roommates. What is the best site to find a roommate. I just want to say Craigslist, <laughs> but I'm sure that's not the, the right answer. That sounds super sketchy. Yeah, not, maybe not the best, not, not the best Not a super site. helpful an- answer. Yeah. If someone would like to sponsor us, Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I don't think I want Craig, <laughs> no. Just kidding. Mm-mm. Okay. Those are all the, the top search questions around these different relationships we covered in our Who Dat series. I think we did pretty well. Yeah. I'm really proud of the Eminem answer and potty training. Thank you. <laughs> we are going to conclude with just a recap of some of our top resources around relationships. Now, a couple of these, we're, we mentioned them in other episodes, but we want to pull them out here. And, and Ash and I both added to this list from our perspective. Here's a couple of my, my top ones. The first one I actually talked about in our emotional intelligence episode However, it fits in really well with relationships. It's How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. This is that book that Ash was like, oh, when was that written? It looks so old. Yes. Yes, it is old. I'm Dale Carnegie. Um, so that's one. Another one, Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lencioni around the team dynamic, building trust. Uh, that's, that's one of my top team books. The other one I'll mention is Love and Respect. That's a marriage book. That was one. Oh my gosh, when Tristan and I got engaged, I felt like I got like 20 people that told me you have to read this book. And then our premarital counseling, we were assigned that book. So it was perfect. Um, Some of us read it a little further than others. (laughs) But love and respect. So that's a really good one for spouses or marriage. And we talked about, we had a whole episode on the five love languages. So you can go back to that. Or the book is really helpful um, for understanding how other people receive and give care. And then The Road Back to You by Ian Cron. We talked about that back in the personality tests episode, I believe. And I to say that because it's somewhat self-awareness, but also self-awareness is important for relationships, but it also helps in understanding how other people work. So if someone tells me they are a six on the Enneagram, I have a better sense of how they work. That doesn't mean I know everything about them, obviously, but it gives me a better sense of how they work and how they might function. And then really anything by Brene Brown. I mean, she talks about vulnerability and she talks about growth as a community. And yeah, she has a Netflix special. She has a podcast. She has multiple books. Check her out. Yep. Good. We will put links to these books in our notes on our website, as well as that link to Ash's blog post about friendship. 
We are so glad that you joined us on this series all about relationships. We tried to cover those those most relevant <laughs> relationships we thought you would you'd want to yeah. hear about. Yeah. Uh, for our next episode, we're going to jump into some new topics that are just standalone. We hope you'll join us and we'll just continue to have some fun. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.